Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Tuesday morning, too. It is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Slate, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Where do I stop? It's Gil Alexander. How you doing? Uh, it's where sports betting analytics live. Looking forward to today's show. By the way, uh, Jeff Parlay under the weather today. We hope Jeff feels better. Jeff did not sound good. Matt Neverett sing, uh, sitting in for Jeff. Good morning to you, Matt. How you doing? You good? Yeah, doing good, Gil. Uh, I was going to be here anyway, so I'm just bump, bumping up a floor. Bumping up a floor. We hope Jeff gets better. Um, negative this morning, by the way. Just update on Jeffrey Parlay. Uh, but today on the show, good one. A lot of basketball. Greg Peterson will join us here momentarily from the Greg Peterson experience here on the network. Let's talk all about uh, small conference tournaments. His thoughts on uh, bets in those futures markets, if you will. Dan Bespris coming up to talk NBA with us from the Fantasy NBA Today podcast and uh, sportsethos.com. And then in hour number two, Lon Kruger will join us. Lon Kruger, of course, uh, one of only three college basketball coaches in history to take five programs to the NCAA tournament. The other two, can you name them, Matt? The other two? Uh, uh, five. Rick Pitino and Tubby Smith. Lon Kruger got to uh, two Final Fours in his coaching career, 17 NCAA tournaments and all. We'll talk to him about this year's tournament, what he thinks makes up a good tournament team or a tournament team that can get all the way, what are the common characteristics. And then also in the second hour, and I am looking forward to this perhaps more than anything today, not to disparage anybody else on the show, but Ed Golden joins us for the first time on the show today. Ed Golden, for those who are sports bettors and have been immersed in sports betting for many, many years, he is the founder of Right Angle Sports, legitimately one of the only people on earth that will move a line dramatically upon release of a pick. And we're talking about his college basketball picks. He has done so for decades, ever since he started uh, Right Angle Sports in 1996. But uh, he'll give us an example of one of those that he did today. And we'll talk about all things with him, all things sports betting, what it has been like to sell picks for all the years, how he has been able to overcome the bad reputation of pick sellers, what he thinks about so many things in the betting industry, and we'll get his thoughts on this year's tournament as well, conference tournaments as well, in college basketball. So very much looking forward to that. Let us begin with the great Greg Peterson, though, from the Greg Peterson Experience here on the network. Good morning to you, Greg. How you doing, man? Oh, we don't have Greg yet? We don't have Greg? Is that we're still waiting on Greg? Well, next segment, we got get Greg. Oh, Greg's next segment. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, Greg's next. segment. Greg's been pushed back a segment. Um, we, we want to do Matt? Can we go to those NFL ones? Because then let's get the NFL stuff out of the way. Let's do that. Uh, 
because they put these up on DraftKings, and we alluded to them briefly yesterday. We were talking on uh, Primetime Action, which I do with Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and crew, uh, weeknights at 7 p.m. Eastern here at the uh, network, that there was a Kyler Murray prop up who will be the Cardinals' next quarterback. Kyler Murray, minus 550 in that range to be the Cardinals' next quarterback, or the quarterback, to be specific with the wording, to take the first snap next year. Uh, someone else, anybody else, was, I believe, plus 300-plus coming back. Well, Kyler Murray, who's done the sort of flip-flop, the most 24-year-old thing you could possibly do, sweep the Cardinals off your social media, and then a week later have your agent come out and say, oh, yeah, he wants to be, he wants to be the Cardinals quarterback forever and ever. Amen. I believe that was a song. Uh, and so that, that one is hardly bettable. Here, Kyler Murray at BetMGM anyway, proud sponsors of this show at minus 500, any other quarterback at plus 340. DraftKings has gone ahead, though, and, uh, and has actually put out some other markets on this, and I believe Jeff went over these uh, last week on the show. I didn't get a chance to, uh, to chime in on this. Matt will bring you in for this as well. But it is they, they do have a couple for, for other teams. One, we start with the least sexy of the bunch. I, I, was, I think the Kyler Murray one's probably the least sexy, but let's go from uh, least sexy to sexier. Aaron Rodgers, uh, who, will be the, who will take the first snap for the Green Bay Packers next year. Now, remember with this, it really is the wording of must take first snap. Because we did have an incident many years ago, I believe with the Miami Dolphins, where someone else took the first snap and then the real starting quarterback came in afterwards. But for betting grading purposes, it's whoever takes the first snap. So Aaron Rodgers now, he, uh, to take the first snap for the Green Bay Packers, he's at this minus, four, five, eight. minus 330. Minus 330 on Aaron Rodgers. So not quite as high as Kyler Murray. But now, of course, we're getting the... Uh, we're getting the word from Aaron Rodgers, or at least we're getting the conventional wisdom from Aaron Rodgers as much as he wanted or was at least posturing that he was going to be out, uh, you know, wanted out of Green Bay. It looks like, at least if you're reading the tea leaves, it looks like it's trending to him staying around. And I'm sort of in the Ryan Clark school of anything Aaron Rodgers-ish that comes down now to just ignore because anything that comes out of his mouth, people go crazy reacting, and the man is full of drama. So minus 330 seems like the right price now. I'm guessing he's not going anywhere. And let's just say, by the way, that, by the, way the, the Aaron Rodgers one is Aaron Rodgers' next team. Let me be clear that he will be minus 330 to go to the Packers. The next short shot on that is the Broncos at plus 350, Niners 8-1, to one, everybody else is double digits. As far as who will take the first snap for the Packers, let me be clear, Aaron Rodgers is at minus 250, not quite the same price, but right at the same ilk. Jordan Love, 3-1, to one, any rookie quarterback at plus 750, and then you have just sort of the randoms. Jameis Winston, 8-1, to one, Marcus Mariota starts the double digits. Uh, you believe it's Kyler Murray in Arizona, and you believe it's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? I do. I mean, I, I would say that the, the chances of Murray leaving Arizona are less than that of Rodgers leaving Green Bay. I think Murray's there to stay. I think this is just a posturing by Murray, just saying, you know, I want more money earlier than I'm, you know, originally going to get it. I, I do think in that, that Packers market, the only bet is those top three. If you're betting Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick or, or Derek Carr even to, you know, be the next quarterback of the Packers in week one, I, there, there, there's no value in that. There, there's no way of knowing who's going where. I think the only value is in the, those top three in that particular market. By the way, for those listening and say, oh, that Matt Neverett has a good voice. Matt Neverett it uh, does Las Vegas Aviators game here, uh, AAA affiliate of the Oakland Athletics, Las Vegas Aviators. Great gig that you have over there. You do some UNLV baseball as well. 
and some random softball from yeah. your home. All over the place. All Just over the place. Basketball, hockey. All right. So I don't think there's a bet in the Murray market. I don't think there's a bet in the Aaron Rodgers market. I also don't think there's a bet. This is available at DraftKings, too. Deshaun Watson next team. I mean, how do you know here? Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 350. The Virginia Commanders at 4-1. to one. I'm going to continue to call them that. Pittsburgh Steelers 9-1. to one. Saints 9-1. to one. And then the Vikings and Texans, the incumbent, I suppose, and the Broncos all at 10-1 to 1 and on down the line. I don't know how we can possibly even speculate on this at this point. So I don't know there's a bet. Where I do think there is a bet, and these are again available at DraftKings, when you go to, uh, to starting quarterback for, okay, we, called the, we, we talked about the Packers, but if you go to the Steelers, let's go to the Steelers, because I think this is, this is something where there is a bet. So Mason Rudolph next. So this is who will take the Pittsburgh Steelers' first snap next season. Mason Rudolph, two to one. Of course, Rudolph on the roster. Rudolph who backed up Ben Roethlisberger here in past seasons, and Dwayne Haskins at four to one. Those guys, of course, who have been on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But then any rookie quarterback comes in at seven to one. That's a bet to me. Well, we got plus seven fifty here. Now, just based on everything else we just talked about with Deshaun, the absolute unknowing of, you know, no, no way to know that, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, look to look at least at this point to be staying where they are. We'll see. But to me, that's the best bet of the ones we've talked about. Because if the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, this just in, not scaring anybody, and you have a NFL draft now that is two, less than two months away now. We're in March. It's March 1st. Less than two months away, end of April. And you know, how, you know how teams get. They get quarterback crazy on NFL draft day, round one night, I believe April 28th this year. And justifiably so, by the way, because you are nothing in this league without a viable quarterback. And they have players, specifically on defense. One might argue they have players on offense, but we, didn't, we weren't going to find that out with Big Ben and his fading years. I think, they, I think they make a play for a rookie quarterback in the draft, and it would not shock me. Now, free agency could change all of this, right? They could land somebody, too. But I would make a bet right now on any rookie quarterback at plus 750, as opposed to making a specific one, say, on Russell Wilson or as anybody else you would speculate on. Give me that. With the way that the, the Steelers are traditionally known as being really stable, you know, they've had three head coaches, like four or five quarterbacks in their in the history of the franchise. This just feels like the kind of year where they could start to shake things up. I mean, their team has taken on a little bit of a different identity. It's going to be a completely different identity without Ben Roethlisberger running the offense. And like you mentioned with Mason Rudolph, I know the team is coming out saying they're committed that, that that's their guy if they had to start a game tomorrow. Is he really? I, 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 nothing that he has done has inspired any confidence. Yeah, sounds like something you just say at this point. There's also who will take the Seattle Seahawks first snap uh, next season, 2022-23 NFL regular season. Russell Wilson is the favorite at minus 225. Wouldn't this just be the – after all the, the possibilities of quarterbacks moving, whether Rodgers, Kyler for a moment, I guess. I never really bought into that. But Russell Wilson being the other big name. I mean, Deshaun, I, I, if Russell Wilson sticks around in Seattle, free Russell Wilson, uh, free Russell Wilson, get him out of there. But he's minus 225. There, any rookie quarterback is 4-1. to one. Gino at 10-1. to one. Their backup 
from last year. Who will the Buccaneers' first snap? And this is the last one. Who will the Buccaneers' first snap be? Or who will take their first snap, I should say, next season? Kyle Trask, uh, rostered currently, plus 350. And then it's a total random guess of quarterbacks. Jimmy G, 5-1. to one. Carson Wentz, plus 650. Aaron Rodgers, uh, checking in at 9-1, to along with Teddy Bridgewater and then everybody else. Beginning with the Gar- the Gardner Minshews of the world, all at double digits. I don't think there's any way to speculate on Tampa Bay. To me, the best bet of all of those, and the only bet really is any rookie quarterback on the Steelers at plus seven fifty. That would be the one I would go to for that. Uh, this should be fun, though. Free agency. Watch Carson Wentz end up as a Virginia Commander. It's going to be the worst day of my life. And, of course, the draft at the end of April. Can't wait for all that. College basketball next. Greg Peterson. We will talk about all these tournaments that are beginning. One began last night, the Northeast Conference, but a whole bunch more the rest of the week, including tonight with a trio. Greg's got thoughts. We'll do that next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4. 700. It is that time of year. Conference tournaments, and we are 12 days away, just 12 from Selection Sunday. No better time to talk to the host of the Greg Peterson Experience. Only two people at this network have their names in the show titles. Lombardi and Peterson. It's Greg Peterson, everybody. How you doing, man? 
I'm doing great, Gil. It is that time of year of conference tournaments, and so many people talk about how much they love March Madness, but at the same time, while March Madness is absolutely terrific, the mayhem that comes before the madness, it is very real as well. So going to be a lot of great betting opportunities and going to be a lot of great basketball these next two weeks. Let me Before we get into your small conference tournament thoughts here, uh, I'll ask you the same thing I asked of Wes yesterday on the show. Harkening back to Saturday, obviously a historic day in college basketball where the top six teams in the country all lose, plus Texas Tech, so seven of the top ten. Never happened before in college basketball history since the inception of the AP poll back in 1948. And so... Obviously, Gonzaga was a 10.5-point favorite against St. Mary's. They fall. Arizona was a 9.5-point favorite against Colorado when they fell. So you can, you can actually measure which the biggest upsets were that way. But my question to you as someone who follows college basketball as closely as you do is, and you can either take this from the side of the teams that were ranked high that got beat or the teams that did the winning that day, what was the most impactful for you? In other words, what made the biggest impression on you moving forward for any of those teams? What I think was the biggest impression is just what home court means in college basketball, because you notice really the underlying theme with all those losses was the fact that they all wound up coming in pretty hostile environments. You could say what you want about Colorado this year, but that mountain road trip where you wind up playing against Utah and Colorado is one of the most difficult that any team is going to face in any conference. We see it time and time again. Teams just wind up stumbling all over their feet in one of those two games. Like even over there with the St. Mary's versus Gonzaga game, it was absolutely popping there for St. Mary's. Bud Walton Arena, one of the best environments you're going to find in all of college basketball, Waco, Texas. That is a very difficult place to play. Having to go to Michigan State if you're Purdue, list goes on and on. So what I think was really a big takeaway for me is that home court advantage still reigns king in college basketball. It's a good answer, which, of course, we don't get during March Madness, right? So it's an interesting, it's an interesting answer to the question. Last thing before the, uh, before the small markets here, um, give me your group of teams then, Greg, here, as we sit 12 days ahead of Selection Sunday. Give me your group of teams that you believe can win it all. Is it a small group? Is it a large group? Oh, it's a very large group. I think that it's all going to be matchup by matchup this season. We still remember it was the 2014 season, which you saw Shabazz Napier and company of UConn be able to win against an eight seed in Kentucky. But, I mean, could we wind up seeing that sort of chaos? I think that we legitimately could. I think that the group of teams that is able to win this is way north of 10 teams because wow. it's just one of these cases in which we don't have those dominant teams in college basketball. For goodness sakes, we wind up seeing 10 teams wind up losing. I mean, a team like Wisconsin with Johnny Davis, who says that they can't wind up making a deep run this season. You've got an Alabama team that's barely in the top 25. They knocked off the two teams that wound up playing in the national championship last season. I mean, Would I be surprised if Michigan State winds up putting together a huge run after they wound up floundering a little bit towards the back half of conference play? No, because we wind up seeing Michigan State time and time again wind up rounding into form in March. So for me, the group is actually north of 10 teams right now. I don't think that you wind up having a very elite group of teams that's able to win a national championship because it's that wide open. And based on the matchup, there are just a bunch of teams that they rank inside the top 10 that I would have going down to teams that rank outside the top 15, top 20. 
I think you're right. I could give you the snarky answer and say, well, according to my championship formula, Greg, the answer is Kentucky, Baylor, Auburn, and maybe UCLA, Duke, and Houston. But I think you're right. I think it is about 10 teams or maybe more, which is sort of like the Eastern Conference in the NBA, which is sort of historic this year, in my opinion, which we'll get to later with Dan Bespris. Let's get to then some of these tournaments, and rather than going through them chronologically, we could, but we're going to have to do those rapid fire. So I'll give you a choice. We could do them chronologically, or you could just cherry-pick the ones you like the best. How do you want to do it? I'm good with either. We could just go through them chronologically, because I've got to take on a little bit of everything. Okay. Atlantic Sun. Let's talk about the ones that start tonight. Obviously, the Northeast started yesterday. Atlantic Sun starts tonight, um, and you have a situation where, well, it's 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 a Kind of two-headed monster up at the top. What do you like here in the Atlantic Sun? I think you've got to be just defaulting to Liberty time and time again. This is a team that has been able to own this conference, and you've got a guy by the name of Darius McGee. He's going off for over 23 points per contest. It's a team that they play a very slow, very controlled style. Each of your top four scorers on this team shoot above 38% from three-point range. It's just a really hard team to be able to take down because they hearken themselves back to Virginia and that they wind up playing that pack line defense. They wind up playing very slow. Defense isn't necessarily as good as it's been in the past, but the offense is really firing on all cylinders. You do have other teams out there, like a Florida Gulf Coast, I think is very interesting. I mean, don't lose sight of them. They wind up bringing in a guy by the name of Kevin Samuel. He wound up playing at TCU a few years ago, and he was actually a very good player at TCU. He's been able to average three blocks per contest. Davion Martin, one of the better scores that you're going to find out there in all of college basketball as well. So, I mean, I do think that there are some relatively solid teams out here in the Atlantic Sun, but at the same time, I think that really begins and ends with Liberty once again. Yeah, shout out to uh, Caesars for uh, putting these out first. Atlantic Sun, Liberty at minus 110, Jacksonville State at plus 250, and then it's uh, then it's a bit of a drop-off to Jacksonville at 6-1. Everybody else, double digits. Let's move on also, beginning tonight, uh, as conference tournaments get going in full swing. We do have, speaking of your home field advantage thing, we, we uh, your home court advantage thing, pardon me, we do have some campus sites in the Horizon League. I'm curious what you feel about this league in general, though this conference tournament. Not IUPUI, who's going to be throwing out their five guys tonight against Oakland. Yes. I, I've never seen anything like it. They are going to be playing five guys tonight against Oakland. You're finding Oakland as like a 22, 23-point favorite, and I'm willing to lay it because, I mean, it's just one of those cases in which I've never seen anything quite like that. But in terms of what you're actually going to be able to get out of this conference. Remember, I do think that Oakland has a good opportunity. They're the most gifted team, in my opinion, in this conference. Now, the problem for Oakland is that they just have been choking a little bit late in some of these contests, but they do have Jamal Kane, a guy that he's able to give you 20 points, 10 rebounds per game. A guy in Jalen Moore has been able to average right around eight assists. He's in the top five in all of college basketball with that regard. I'm looking a little bit further down the board. Oakland has to play an extra game, but they're playing against a team with five guys, so I don't think that that's necessarily going to be taking a lot out of them. Also, Northern Kentucky find themselves at plus 450. This is a team that ever since they wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it towards the beginning part of conference play, they've really been able to get some things going. They do a good job down low. Brandon 
Brandon Johnson has been able to give you right around seven boards per game. Adrian Nelson does a solid job there. And then Sam Vincent is the guy that you want to take note of. He's a freshman that has been able to give this team right around two steals, 12 points per contest. So I'm looking at those two teams in Northern Kentucky and Oakland having some good opportunities as a little bit of an underdog. Yeah, Northern Kentucky and Oakland, a uh, two of a quintet of teams in the Horizon League tournament that are all five to one or shorter. Cleveland State, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Wright State, of course, the other three there. The other one that begins tonight, the last of the three, the third of the three, Patriot League play begins tonight. Uh, this is a pretty top-heavy with Colgate, if I'm not mistaken here. Yeah, minus 175, though Navy checks in at 2-1, to one, uh, and then you drop off to the Terriers of BU at 8-1. to one. Yeah, outside of Colgate and Navy, I wouldn't be taking a look at much, but Navy, with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, they are the number one team in true road games in all of college basketball, so they're a team that they're able to lock down. Problem is, they really don't have a lot of offense. This is a team that they get it going with Greg Summers and company being able to do a relatively solid job out there but you really don't have a ton of offense outside that Colgate has been the champions for a very long time we saw them put up a hundred earlier in the season against Syracuse their team has collected they shoot right around 39 percent from three-point range you've still got a lot of guys like Keegan Records that's able to do a solid job down low I like what I've seen out of Nelly Cummings who he wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it in January because he was dealing with an injury has been able to pick it up late I think the Colgate is a rightful favorite but if you're looking for a little bit plus money Navy at two to one worth a little bit of luck outside of that I don't see these underdogs being able to come through especially to your point with these being home court environments yeah, you know, Bob, Dr. Bob was on the show yesterday. He had a great point about a couple of things. These bears out, these bear out with the numbers over time, which is really bad teams in conference play against teams that have like a 400 win percentage or better in conference play somehow show up against the number when a new it's kind of because it's a kind of their new season, right? A new three game season, if you will, or whatever it is uh, per conference. That that's an interesting take. And also, though, that the, the Colgates of the world, teams that have dominated a conference. They tend to play their star, their their top group of players even more because they still have to win their tournament to get that auto bid. So all of that in the mix. We'll get some of Greg's game picks tonight as well. Any thoughts on that? We'll go through some of the tournaments that begin tomorrow night, including the Missouri Valley Sun Belt and West Coast Conference, which gets going right here at the Orleans tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Coming back with Greg Peterson from the Greg Peterson Experience at Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24 7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including the great Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch. From the favorites to the potential Cinderella, sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate uh, the feedback here. Uh, this one, do-do-do-do-do, this is from... Uh, uh, let's see, number one Pats fan, enjoyed the show. Uh, this is yesterday, made my day that you picked out my tweet to be featured on air, and my mom says I'm doing nothing with my life on here. Ha ha, what now, mother? Exactly. Exactly, you tell your mom. Number one Pats fan. Tom Hudgens sending me the Joe Theismann versus Alex Smith injury similarities at uh, in D.C. Oh, don't I know it. And this one, this is for you, Greg. 
Uh, hey, Gail, instead of the uh, the usual boring winners with Greg Peterson, how about some Jersey talk? Ask Greg about the last five jerseys he bought and why. Also, his preference on how to drink Bud Light Platinum Blue Bottle, Aluminum Bottle Draft, Conference Tournaments, Thumbs Down. Greg, what do you have to say about that? For one, when drinking Bud Light Platinum, cold. That's how you drink Bud Light Platinum. <laughs> and then with regards to the last five jerseys I wanted buying, I actually picked up a, a Nebraska jersey. I got one that one from my mom for Christmas. I wanted picking up a Rutgers one. They've been relatively solid at the rack. Couldn't get the job done on Saturday for us, but that's a jersey that I like. East Carolina has always been an interesting team. I sort of like their logo, so we wanted picking up that one. Picked up a Lehigh Chris McCollum jersey because that guy was a man back while he was there. And then the fifth jersey Let's take a look here. Wanda picking up one of San Diego State. <laughs> Would you look at the ra- Would you look jersey. up the rafters of your room? What just happened right there? Were you looking for your fifth jersey? No, I had to just think in the back of my head. All oh, right, what okay. was number five that I want to buy? I thought you had them like all up top there. Banners. Banners like. All right, Greg. I'm sorry I asked the question. I knew you'd answer it literally. I should have known. All right. Uh, by the way, before we continue with the conference tournaments, though, what do, what games are you playing tonight? What have you played? I'm looking at Wisconsin on the muddy line. I think that they're going to be able to get the job done against Purdue. I wrote this one up for DK Nation with Wisconsin. I just feel like they're going to be able to do a solid job against a Purdue team that they rank right around 160th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And with Purdue as well, it's been a team that they've just been much worse on the road at allowing teams to be able to shoot the three. They allow opponents to make 37% of their three-point shots in true road games. They've scored 70 points or fewer each of their last three road games as well. They just have never necessarily been the same team away from Les Lafayette as long as they have been coached by Matt Painter. Wisconsin has one of the best home court advantages out there in all of college basketball. These are typically the team, the spots where I like taking some of these very slight home underdogs. I think that Wisconsin, much like they did the first time around, going to be able to get Johnny Davis going. I don't know if Wisconsin is going to be able to get 37 out of Johnny Davis like they were doing when they knocked off Purdue in very early January. But I do like Wisconsin on the money line. I am in fade mode on Louisville. I see them catching 11 half or 10 and a half points. I don't think that's enough. You got a good Virginia Tech team that shoots 39 percent from three. They're doing everything possible to be able to bolster their resume. And Louisville, they're one of those few teams in which they just don't have a lot to play for right now. Chris Mack winds up getting canned a few weeks ago. They've ever since then been using some just really wonky rotations. They have no idea what they're doing at this point. So I do like being able to fade Louisville. And then catching 15 points with Cincinnati, I think, is actually a relatively solid spot as well. And it's a Houston team that they do rank at the top 20 with regards to both points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis. But they also do shoot right around 66% of the free line. They can be a little bit hit or miss with their offense. And this is a Cincinnati team that they do rank in right around the top 60, top 65 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. So I think that they'll be able to hold up. I wound up taking 15 with them. All right, three-pack of picks from Greg. By the way, you see the uh, Syracuse-North Carolina ending last night. We were here on primetime action watching that. And <sighs> Syracuse up a point. They give the ball away, and then Carolina drills a three. It's at 25 feet. It looked like it was 30 to me. It's just beautiful. And then, of course, Syracuse hits the jumper to force overtime and then just gets smoked. Uh, Eight-and-a-half-point dogs. They lose by nine. Just brutal for Orange backers. Were you on that? It's 
it's one of those bittersweet ones because I wound up having the under in the game, but I also wound up having North Carolina. Oh, so wow. It's one of those cases in which my North Carolina ticket that looked dead wound up getting a whole bunch of life, and my under that looked like a relatively solid call, that winds up going by the wayside. So that's one of those sort of poetic justice moments in college basketball betting where one bet that had absolutely no business getting there whatsoever winds up getting there, and a very good call on the under, that winds up getting toasted as well. So, pretty much got the result that you should have gotten to start with. There was some Wisconsin game a few years ago where I was on the Badgers and the same thing happened. I got just ridiculously lucky, right? They end up winning in overtime by 10 or something. And as the gambling gods do, this is science, Greg, for gambling. All of a sudden, it starts this a win that you had no business winning. It starts this unbelievable stretch for you. By the way, it'll happen the other way, too, if you've gambled long enough. We'll have oh, one yeah. that you have no business losing, and it'll start a horrible stretch for you as well. All right, let's go do some of the conference tournaments that begin tomorrow night. Missouri Valley, Northern Iowa was your regular season champs. Uh, what do you like here for this tournament? I think it's going to be really intriguing to see what we're going to be able to get out of Missouri State because they've got one of the top two-headed monsters in all of college basketball, Isaiah Prim and Gage Mosley. These two guys combined to be able to give you 36 points per game. They combined to be able to shoot darn near 40% from three-point range. Now, the big key for this team is being able to get Jalen Minnick going. He wound up being limited with regards to towards the middle half of the season because he seemed to be dealing with some ailments, but a guy that's able to shoot well over 40% from three-point range, them being sort of tied with North Northern Iowa on the odds, I think, is very intriguing. Also, Drake at plus 550, I think, seems a little bit too low as well because this is a Drake bunch that they're still relatively efficient on offense. They shoot 35.5% from three-point range. They've got a lot of the guys that want to being able to send them to the NCAA tournament, like Garrett Sturts, like Shaquan Hemphill. So you've got a lot of guys from Drake that are back from last season. Them being at plus 550, I think, is a little bit too short. I just want to know part of Loyal Chicago right now. Loyal Chicago is a team that they shoot solidly from three-point range. They've got a lot of guys that have a lot of experience, but if you just watch this team over the last month, month and a half, they don't seem like a team that is necessarily playing the best basketball. Now, they do need these wins in order to be able to get into the NCAA tournament. I feel like if they don't wind up making the conference final, they'll probably be looking at the NIT with the way that they played recently, but I do think that Missouri State and Drake do offer a little bit of value a little bit further down the board. That expression you just gave when talking about Loyola Chicago, who by the way is plus 140 in the Missouri <laughs> Valley Conference Tournament, is the exact expression I used when I talked about Duke which is they've only lost four games by a total of nine points. But like the eye test, I'm like, oh, it just doesn't feel right about this team, something something about it. Let's go to a couple others that start tomorrow night. Sunbelt, what do you like there? Ooh, this one is going to be a little bit of a wide-open conference. But with that said, Louisville, or not Louisville, uh, Louisiana, a little bit further down the board. They're a team that they've got two really good rebounders. Seal Akwuba, coupled with Jordan Brown. Jordan Brown is a former McDonald's American, wound up beginning his career at Nevada. Actually put up right around like 10 and 5 while he was at Arizona last year. He's a guy that's able to shoot well from three-point range. Louisiana's big problem is they've turned the ball over 16 times for contest. The backcourt hasn't been great, but you take a look at this entire Sunbelt. There is not really any sort of a good team. Appalachian State at 6-1. to one. These guys run some of the worst offense I've seen in quite some time. They're a team that they only turned the ball over 10 times for contest, but, but Justin Forrest, guy that was averaging 18 points per game last season, where has he been averaging right around nine points per contest? Coastal Carolina is another team I think might have a little bit of a shot. You've got a, a guy in Isam Mustafa who's been able to give you 13 points, nine boards as a good shot blocker. Coastal Carolina has some good three-point shooters. Abrima Diba is able to give you six assists per contest. 
does. So I take a look at the Sun Belt, and I think that that's really one of the biggest conferences for having just all chaos break loose because I am not very fond of a lot of the top teams, including Georgia State. They're at plus 290. They just are a team that they pride themselves on three-point shooting, and they shoot 32% from three-point range this year. I have not been in on them at all. Matt never went to Appalachian State. You accept that slander (laughs) on Appalachian State? Yes? You accept it? That's fair enough, considering that when I went there, they were about ten times as bad as they are now, so it's all all relative, Gil. All right, we got got 90 seconds here, Greg. Uh, Last one that starts tomorrow night, the West Coast Conference Tournament, which is right here in Vegas at the Orleans. Am I going to see you there at the Orleans? I'm there. Let me see you, Greg. I hope so. If I can make it down there, I certainly will. But right. I mean, in terms of being able to take a look at the futures, to take a look at anyone other than Gonzaga would be crazy because I mean, take a look at St. Mary's here at plus 325. If you really like St. Mary's to be able to win it, just bet them on the money line against Gonzaga. You'll probably get a little bit of a better price there. I mean, with San Francisco, the way that they've matched up the last two times against Gonzaga, there's really no taking them. If there's anyone that provides a little bit of value, it's Santa Clara, but I can't see them being able to get the job done. And Gonzaga minus 400 just doesn't offer a lot of value. I would say just why have taken the money line with St. Mary's if you think that they're going to be able to win this thing. All right, Greg, uh, plenty of tournaments in town. West Coast Conference, Big West next week, obviously. Uh, Pac-12 and beyond. Mountain West is going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. Greg, the Greg Peterson Experience. You can follow Greg on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81. Of course, tribute to his favorite wide receiver of all time, the great James Arthur Monk, <laughs> formerly of the Washington Football. No, no, no. Anquan Bolden, is that who Anquan Bolden. Anquan but Bolden. Monk was very good back in the day as well. <laughs> back in the day. That he was. Greg, I know you got other gigs to get to. We thank you, sir. I always appreciate it. Thank you, Gil. Greg Peterson, everybody. NBA next. Dan Bespris will join us. Then Ed Golden from Right Angle Sports. Looking forward to that. Lon Kruger on the show. Maddie Cox from Three Man Weave. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. A numbers game with 
Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on college basketball. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20. That's over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander. Matt Neverett sitting in for the under-the-weather Jeff Parlay this morning. Special assist to uh, Matty Santos for making this happen today. Shout-out to Matt Santos, provider of a uh, proper plug for my computer. We appreciate that. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Tony Cook, uh, this is in response to something I said yesterday about playing survivor pools during March Madness. He said, DraftKings did a March Madness Survivor last year. One million dollar pool. It was a blast. I made it to the Final Four, but chose to save the Zags for the champs rather than Baylor. Baylor survivors made a lot more per entry than those of us with Zags would have. Like 56k versus 3k if memory serves. Thank you for that, Tony. And I just, I'm going to do this every day. I'm just going to pound this. If you have never played in a Survivor pool in NCAA tournament, Trust me, do it, and thank me later. You'll never fill out a bracket again. It is, again, it's, it's three-dimensional because you're not only having to pick teams that you are no longer able to pick moving forward, a la standard NFL survivor rules, but you have to also keep in mind who you need to save for later. And a lot of these are upset rewarded, too, so always check the rules. But uh, I appreciate that, Tony, because that is a great PSA for Survivor Pools and good for those people who uh, saved Baylor to win it all last year. Good on them. 56K per, if that is, in fact, the number well-earned. Let's bring in a gentleman who uh, knows all about Survivor Pools. I'm sure he does. I don't know if that's the case, but I'm just going to assume. It's Dan Bespris, everybody, from SportsEthos.com. He's already shaking his no. head like I have no idea what you're talking about, Gil. <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? <laughs> I did an NFL survivor pool. That's about as far as I've gotten with those. I, I, I think we've talked about it before. I know nothing about college basketball, but the second they turn pro, I have to learn everything about them. I love it. Were you with a draft board behind you or something, whatever yeah, that is behind you. That's right. I know nothing so there are about some names. Basketball. I think there are probably some names on this board that were in college when it, when the board was made, <laughs> but I didn't know about them yet. Let me, let me, let me ask you about the pros. Then. Okay. Ja last night. The great John ja Morant, 52. He tickles the strings to 52 balloons, as we used to say at basketball camp last night. And he does so with a tomahawk jam for the ages. And a play at the end of the first half where, by the way, shout out to Steven Adams, great pass. And Ja catches it midair and sinks the jumper with, uh, what is it, four-tenths left on the clock, whatever it was. And the Grizzles knock off the Spurs, covering the eight-point spread, 118-105. to 105. As the Grizzlies, when they win, they just win. And I just want to get to the MVP discussion because I haven't had a chance to mention this since my return from vacation. Where are we now, in your opinion? Let's forget the odds for a second because Embiid and Jokic are, are much shorter. But is it Embiid, Jokic, and Ja? And is that the whole list of who can win this at this point? You could probably throw DeMar DeRozan in there. 
uh, record-breaking stretch for him as well. He almost broke Michael Jordan's 30-point streak with the Bulls. I think he came one game short, which was yesterday. So we can, uh, he can I, the, just, I want to just interrupt sure. on that for a second because we were throwing this around on primetime action last night, which is okay. It's nice because we have to fill content, right? It's nice of us to talk about John Morant possibly winning, excuse me, not John Morant, DeMar DeRozan possibly winning an MVP. DeMar DeRozan 11-1 to at BetMGM right now. But what we were all, what I also said was, okay, he scored 30-plus in 10 games in a row. There's roughly a quarter of the season left. If he, were to, if he were to finish the whole season, let's say 30 games, right, scoring 30 or more points, I would have said he's a legit contender because that would be this epic stretch. But even is, isn't it something as simple with a guy like him where it gets broken last night where you're like, can he really win MVP? Or are we just Yeah, talking? I mean, I don't. I don't really think that anybody besides Embiid and Jokic is is actually going to be in the discussion. And Giannis, the, I can see the third on the list there. He should have another reasonable claim for it. But I feel like, you know, sometimes, Gil, and you've t- we've talked about this before, the NBA would rather not continue to give it to same folks over and over again, which I think is part of why Embiid is the favorite and Jokic is number two, because Jokic won it last year. Uh, I don't think jaw is actually going to be in the discussion for it. Although he's been incredible and the Grizzlies, like you said, keep winning, but, and, and it's just a weird thing to say. One of the knocks against jaw is that the Grizzlies won without him too. Yes. True. Very true. Uh, I don't, I mean, I know Denver wouldn't win a game without Jokic this year. They wouldn't <laughs> like go. Oh, and 82. <laughs> That's true. And so well, since you bring up Denver, because I th- I do think it's Embiid's to lose. I really do. He's plus 125 at bet MGM. I'll shop around. But since you bring up Denver, I brought this up yesterday with JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel here on the show, which is all right. Michael Porter Jr. Looks like he's coming back. And then Jamal Murray is sort of out there. Like maybe he's coming back too. you can get the nuggets at 16 to one. I believe it is. Uh, are they, and that's, we're talking Western Conference, are they not the only team that's worth a bet in that conference at this point with that kind of on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, I love it. And I think this is why, I was talking about this on a podcast recently, how you really have to try to figure out what a team's timeline arc is going into a season now when you're figuring out what the rest of the team is going to do. And this is probably a bit more relevant for fantasy than betting where a team like with the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard probably was never coming back. He got hurt after what the regular season would have been this coming year. So you look at a guy like Paul George and think, is this guy going to play through stuff all season long? He tried to play through the elbow a little bit. It didn't work out. There's a different situation brewing with the Nuggets where the whole season they've kind of secretly hoped that their guys would be back in March in time to get their legs underneath them for an actual playoff run. You've seen what Jokic can do by himself. We saw what Jokic and Jamal Murray did in the bubble, and that was when Michael Porter Jr. wasn't really a factor yet. They are a legitimately good team if those two guys are back and healthy, and really if just Jamal Murray is back and healthy. They've been a little bit cautious with his timeline. We've heard Michael Porter Jr. probably coming back in the next two to three weeks. Murray, we don't know for sure, but you know, we're six weeks away from the first round of the playoffs that does buy the nuggets a bit of time to get guys back 16 to one. Yeah, I like it. And you're, are you finally willing to come on this show and and admit that the Lakers suck tremendously? Oh yeah, they're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. All right. A hundred percent terrible. (laughs) Although I will maintain once again, and this is just, I mean, again, it's not, it, What's the expression? It's a feature, not a bug. They still can't get healthy at the same time, and it's because they're old. It's they're they're old. They're old. That's part yeah. of it, right? They're old. Uh, let's go to the East for a second. 
I'm about to make an outlandish superlative comment, and I want you to tell me if I'm absolutely nuts or not. In our, I want to say our lifetime. Okay, I'm going to go lifetime. But, but certainly in, a, in, a, in the amount of our lives that we can remember basketball. Thank you for Okay, you for and like following it closely. Do you ever remember a conference this late into a regular season? Because we know how top-heavy the NBA is. Do you ever remember a conference, talk about the East now, this late into a season, talking roughly 20 games, 19 games left, where legit this many teams could win the conference and you wouldn't be surprised? Five, six. I don't know how deep you'd go. I don't. Now, I will offer the caveat that I have trouble remembering anything before my first kid was born. (laughs) And that was five and a half years So your life is five years, yes. Yeah, my life is now length of oldest child's life. But yeah, I mean, this is, it's insane how bunched up everybody is. I think we saw yesterday how good the Heat are, and they weren't even playing their best. Do not discount Miami. I feel like that's the team that folks are most willing to discount at the top. Uh, I like the Heat a lot in the East, and I think you do too, if I recall. I do. I do. Especially with, with the Heat, I was saying this yesterday, the Heat and and the Bulls, right? Those are two teams where they just haven't been healthy at all. The Heat are like the Titans, right? It's like they didn't have their best player for eight weeks, and they still managed to get a number one seed. The Heat have barely had the big three, if we're talking Bam, Butler, and Lowry as your big three. They haven't had those guys play at all barely together this year, and they're still yeah. number one. And they sort of have for like the last month. And I know Lowry missed a game here with for personal reasons. And they're nine and one over that stretch. So lo and behold, they just got better. They're 20 games over 500. They're mean, man. I, I don't don't discount the heat. And they are very well coached, too. What do you like tonight? I like the Nets. I'm going full vomitous today. I want <laughs> if I'm going to stick to our old segment. Yes. With things that are going to make you throw up in your mouth. Uh, I like Brooklyn. It's a weird back-to-back. Kyrie can't travel across the border, so it's basically the same lineups we saw yesterday, and the Raptors just shellacked them. 30-point victory for Toronto. That was a game that was over by halfway through, and you could see everybody quit. This is one where I think you're going to see pride creep in a little bit. You're going to see Toronto throttle back because they know they can win this one at 80%, and we'll get a closer ball game. Brooklyn's getting a bunch of points. Give me the Nets catching eight and a half, and we can all feel gross about it the whole way through. Dan Bespris plays that make you want to vomit. Nets plus the points without Kyrie, <laughs> without KD, obviously without Arden because he's gone. You know the rest. No Ben Simmons in sight. All right. Uh, we appreciate it, man. Uh, Dan, always great to see you. Go take care of those children, okay? Yep. That's far I can remember. <laughs> Dan Bespris overrun by his children at this point. We appreciate him coming on. Next hour, coming up at the top of the, of the set. Ed Golden from Right Angle Sports. Can't wait. That's next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 